playbook. It's a private practice playbook. Playbook. Welcome. So the private practice playbook. What does that mean? Why, why, why is that important? And what do you want to get out of this, right? And so this is an opportunity for me to share a little bit. So as you may or may not completely understand, uh, I'm Jay Geyer. Uh, I founded a company called the Scheduling Institute, which name is very deceiving. So certainly does not give you a full description of what we do. And for over 30 years, we've been building out these services for independent practitioners and uh, basically partnering with doctors all over the world to really solve the problems that come up as you grow. And I will tell you that it is a, you know, it's hard and it is not something that comes easy. And so today I want to talk about a We'll just talk about a particular – we're going to focus in on a uh, what I think is a very critical question for you, okay? And it's certainly a question that I've had to ask myself many times over the years. And many times over the years as I'm trying to help a doctor grow, we have to take this question and, you know, and the first time you hear it, you know, you may not – you may not get it. And – um, and we have to look at it in different ways and we have to figure out, uh, you know, the way we look at this and how we change perspective. And so here's the question. You know, I think it's important to understand that life is – you're a person and you're doing life and you're trying to run a business. And, you know, I think a lot of people don't realize that when you – become a business owner or you become a professional who inadvertently gets into running a business that I like to say it's like the it's a it's a double opportunity to screw things up okay so in other words now you have your personal checkbook and you have your company checkbook you know so you can spend money out of two things you know you can invest in two areas but i mean it is not look it's not easy and it's particularly not easy if you're doing the wrong thing. So, and a lot of people have very, they're tied up in, you know, you know, when I asked a group of doctors, I was like, well, why did you get in the profession? You know, it's funny. They don't all raise their hand and say to make a lot of money. I mean, that's just not normally what people, first of all, people are just so uncomfortable with money. They never say that. So my question for you today, as it pertains to our topic of trying to encourage, guide, support um, doctors in this pursuit or this sustainable independence, right? And remember, the reason why we use the term private practice is because doctors are under assault and private companies are attempting to wave checks in front of them, kind of like a, ah, I can't tell that story, but, you know, kind of like Things have gotten waved in front of people for years, you know, um, that tempt them. And so if as a private practice doctor, you become tired, weak, dejected, um, hopeless, what you do is you either your practice dies literally or – you 
sell it to somebody and you become, you work for them. And that's just not the way the end should work. It's kind of like, hey, I'm going to get older, but you know what? I want to look better. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to get older and look worse, right? So that takes work. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm winning that battle, but you get my point, right? So you have to have a vision. So, and listen to me, there will be an exit someday, okay? But that, that exit should be well thought out and well planned, and it should allow you as an individual to accomplish your goals. And so I, I can't go through all that. You want to come. I am doing actually, I have, if you want to reach out to our office, I've got, uh, I'll be doing a two-day event uh, that you are welcome to come to if you've never been. It's my treat. And it's in Atlanta. And I'm doing a two-day event on what doctors, what independent doctors really need to understand about this particular question. And the question is, what game are you playing? And, it, you know, it's funny. If you think about it, a lot of people... You know, when I got into this years ago, you know, I've, I've been really lucky. I've had great mentors. I've had great clients. Uh, I put a lot of energy over a lot of years into this. And and I was, you know, I was, I don't know if you want to call it smart enough or lucky enough or whatever it was to understand this one thing we're going to talk about today, which is the single most difficult thing for private practice doctors. And it is to understand the game that they're playing. And so, you know, for many years, you know, if you go and go through the training and the education and, you know, listen, I've trained hundreds of associates who work for my clients. I mean, and it's funny that a lot of doctors are playing a very simple game. And that game is, if I'm a good doctor, then everything's going to work out. Which, by the way, I mean, I guess it sort of makes sense because a lot of people in the world think, you know, if you interview most people and you say, well, who are the rich people in the world? They'd be like, well, doctors and lawyers, which is actually not true. But it, to my point, it's what they think. So, by the way, all your patients are convinced you're rich. In case you didn't know that, all your team members are convinced you're rich. It doesn't mean you are, by the way, but they do think you are. So when I say what game you're playing, so for instance, if you go through your whole career, you remember this. What's so weird is, number one, let's let's get this. You got to be good at your craft, okay? So depending on what type of a doctor you are, listen, you want to be a good doctor, right? And so what does that mean? Well, you know, you come out. Uh, by law, almost every doctor is mandated by the state board to get continuing education. And, you know, for many years and with many doctors, I have to unwind everything they think about continuing education because what the inference in continuing education is that if you go to some courses, like a lot of doctors come out and the only game they're playing is to become a better doctor, right? To become a better doctor. And basically, if you break that down, what that means is to become more clinically astute, to be able to do a different procedure, to be able to do something better than someone else. And in their mind, they actually think that the patient cares, which is what's so funny about the entire game 
of this. And listen, I am telling you, you need to be good at what you're doing, but you don't have to be obsessed about that. And this is where the question becomes, what, what is the game you're playing? You know, I have met doctors, been practicing for 20 years, and they're currently going to a new CE course to learn something new. And by the way, there's a lot of people who sell CE, right? Okay. And they tell you it's going to do all these great things. So the question is, is that the game you're playing? Like, do you believe that if you just spend your whole life, you know, you open up a little office, you put a sign out, hire a person at the front desk, get a hygienist if you're a dentist or depending on what you do, different professionals, and just go to work three, four days a week, spend your weekends, go to CE courses, try to learn new techniques, buy equipment, and there are a lot of doctors that that is the game they play. And, you know, I used to remember when I first started lecturing and I would go somewhere and there would be a doctor who would be speaking and that doctor would get up there and they would say they do their introduction and it'd be like, OK, I'm Dr. So-and-so. Let me just tell you a little bit about me. Uh, first of all, um, my handicap, I don't even know what handicap is. I have some impressive handicap. And then they would say, and... Um, I work three days a week. And, and so I, I would sit there and I was like, okay, uh, where's this going? Because what's so fascinating about that is in, if the game you're playing is you're going to obsess about your clinical abilities and you want to have a convenience business, like convenient for you, then this is your guy, right? And so I, I would I would sit in the back and I would be like, well, I'm a business person and here's what I know. I know that if you have a facility that you could treat patients five days a week and you're only treating them three, uh, that means you're leaving a huge chunk of revenue behind. But again, if you're playing the game of you're like a lifestylist, you know, you just want to go play golf and you want to have just enough money and whatever – and, the, and I was watching these doctors and it was like they were following these people as gurus. I mean, listen, if you went to a, like a business seminar, I feel like that person should be booed off the stage because it's, it made no sense. Why would you buy a building, rent a space, buy a bunch of expensive equipment, which requires a capital investment, and then let it sit empty two days a week? I mean – and, and what I very quickly realized, I was like, they really don't understand the customer. They're, this is not about the – so the game was about the doctor. It was about the doctor. And in some offices – and remember, when I founded you – know, I invented this whole area of learning that this same doctor would hire someone at the front desk and they would basically keep out all the patients – because she didn't want to see the patients because that was the game they were playing. They were playing and they would go to these clinical seminars and they would be like, well, be exclusive, you know, blah, 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 blah. you know, only take cash. And, and, and they would they would teach them these things. And it, and it was all about how can I extract more money from the patient in less time so I can go to the golf course. And then that schmears over to Susie and she's at the front desk and, you know, she's screening them for insurance and screening them for everything. And I mean, I just couldn't get it. And then I, I very quickly figured out, I was like, well, okay, well, this is what someone told them to do. So the question is, what game are you playing? Like, what are you doing? 
Like, where does it lead? And what I have the good fortune to see over many years is where it led. So you guys have to understand, I mean, I've been doing seminars for years. I do the largest privately held seminars, anyone who does what I do, and have clients in, I think, 15 different countries and every single state in the United States of America. Um, and it's crazy. So they've come to me in every shape and size. I mean, I get the old ones, the young ones, the the every color, you know, males, females. I, I've had them all. I mean, and so... I started to pick up on the patterns. And listen, I do think it's changing. And I do think in general, people are a little more focused on the customer. But look, I'm asking you, I'm saying, what are you doing? And, and then what was funny is, you know, you would ask this doctor, you go, do you think you're patient centric? And they would say yes. And I was like, what, what are you talking about? You're closed two days a week. And you don't even answer your phone at lunch. And when I call, the person screens me out at the front. What, what is patient-centric? They, they really are not. As a matter of fact, it was a hobby. You know, they should have just said, listen, this business is about my convenience. I don't really care about the patient. But they play this whole thing like they provide a great experience. But what they really do, right, it's kind of like the love language thing. You can give what you want all you want, but if it's not someone else's language, it's not meaningful. And so, listen, this is a business. And so what I, what, I, what I would tell you is you probably need to switch games. And, and it's kind of funny. And, and by the way, you do have to pick what game you want to play. So it's like, what game do you want to play? And, and maybe you're just following the wrong people. And I always said to people, it's like, well, why do you have the phones on the front desk? And I very quickly figured out because – that's all they've ever seen. So, like, I innovated taking the phones off the front desk. You know, most businesses, you know, even large group practices got that from me where they took the phones off the front desk. And, and because I looked at it differently and I was like, well, why, why, if I'm the customer and I walk in, why is she on the phone or he on the phone? This is ridiculous. That's not good customer service. But no doctor could see it because he's in the he or she's in the back and this is going on and the FedEx guy's there and one patient's filling out the paperwork and you know she's eating a donut behind the desk using her phone and and the poor customer is just sitting there like, well, what about me? And so when I talk about what game you're playing. It's a really a fundamental question. Are you playing a game that is about you, which you have deceived yourself and tried to act like it's about the customer? See, Jeff Bezos at Amazon, right? I mean, I think he's one of the best at this. And if you if you if you read anything about his story or his history, and listen, Amazon's been around a long time. But that guy is obsessed about the customer. I mean, he would go, he'd have a meeting and he'd put a chair there and he'd put a sign and be like, okay, let's just pretend the customer's here. And so I want you, I want you, I want you to hear me loud and clear. You got a great business, you got a lot of opportunity, but you may need to pivot on the game you're playing. And it's fascinating that how few people ever learn this, because I can tell you, I can learn in college. I'm excited. I saw that uh, High Point, uh, Nito Cobain, Dr. Cobain, um, High Point University, one of my kids goes there. Um, and I think it's a tremendous uh, college that was 
you know, he re-engineered college, basically, right? Because he was like, looked at the universities and said, this is, this is ridiculous. This is like a grown-up babysitting service. And he, and he reinvented it. And so he's going to open up a dental school. And I kind of hope that, and we'll probably maybe do something with him. He's actually coming to Culture Fest this year that we're doing. Um, if you don't have a ticket for that, I highly encourage you to you know, go on our site. But Culture Fest, it's going to be an amazing event. And guaranteed to be the best event on culture you've ever attended in your life or your money back. But he's going to be one of the speakers. And they're opening up a dental school. And I think that they will probably work to, and if nothing else, I'm going to try to help him with this to say, listen, you got to re-script what you're teaching these people because they're coming out playing the entire wrong game. And listen, please don't take this the wrong way. There's nothing wrong with learning to be a good clinician. But then that's the game you're playing. Why, you might as well go to work for somebody else. So the issue at hand is the issue of can you make a change in the game you're playing? And, and listen, that starts by reinventing your office to be about the patient. And listen, I've got that down. Is all you got to do is call my office. You... Buy two or four trainings a year, and I'll reinvent your office to make it about the customer. I swear to God, it's not that hard. We have a process that that's what happens. And we can make it about the customer. But what's funny is, like, if you won't invest in that because you don't think that's important, then that tells you what game you're playing. If you want to make the business about the customer, you call my office today and say, I want the quad, right? I want that thing where they do four trainings in a year, one a quarter. And I'll guarantee you that in 12 months, your business will be more about the customer. But again, you're not going to buy that or invest in that because you're not playing that game. So you're blind to the value of that because instead what you're going to do is you're going to sign up to go to a course that's going to take you three years to learn. You have to buy an expensive piece of equipment. And the only thing that's going to happen is you're going to close your office while you're, while you're gone. And then you're basically signing up to do more work. Ready to make the pivot? Can you change the game you're playing? Call us if you want to reinvent your practice to be more successful. 678-539-9001. So what game do you play? So what's happening and the reason why so many doctors don't understand, listen, if you're going to stay in practice today and you're going to be successful and you want to be independent, which you should, in my opinion, you have to pivot your game. And your game has to be, wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I know that the customer wants this service, but I got to make the business be about the customer and less about me. And so fundamentally, it's kind of like the Friday thing. I don't care you don't want to work on Friday. The patient doesn't care you don't want to work on Friday. They just want to be seen on Friday. So this is the dilemma. This is the dilemma that every doctor has. It's how do I scale my ability to treat patients? And listen, I'm here to tell you, right? The first one is to make it patient-centric, okay? And we can do that working with your team. Then you get to this complicated one, which is, wait a minute. And, you know, if you think about it, if, if, if you walked out your door, Again, how long would you have to walk to find another person 
who provides the service you provide. Some of you, you would walk out and you go down the hall and there's another doctor down there or you share a building with somebody. So it's like, okay, 20 feet. So the funny thing is, why can't a doctor, it, listen, most of you are within five miles. I mean, if, and again, some of you, you have like a hundred in five miles, but where, so where do you get the concept that you can't get another doctor to come in your office and deliver service when I could walk right out of your building and in less than five minutes be in another office? And what I'm trying to tell you is about the game you're playing. There are games we play where we become blind to other games. And listen, you're going to have to get this through your head. And you're probably going to need some guidance and some direction because the most difficult thing in business to do, and this is plumber, uh, HVAC repairman, roofer, car mechanic, optometrist, plastic surgeon. I mean, you know what I love, you know, then it's like you get to the specialist. Jeez, like you need a specialist. They are, I mean, they're convinced that there's no possible replacement for themselves. So, so instead of having to go a two-minute drive, you have to go a whopping five-minute drive to find another specialist. This is about what's between your ears. And I'm here to tell you something. When somebody shows up at your doorstep, like I, I, I have literature from all the DSOs, right? And they're a little script, you know, about basically petrifying you like your life is over. Listen, there's another script. We, we're beating them in the marketplace. You go to one of my offices that has been with me a long time. You walk in there and then you walk into a DSO and you tell me that you should sell your practice to a DSO. There is no way. Because you'll feel something differently. So what game are you playing? Are you being the best private practice doctor you could be? Or are you so infatuated with your own clinical skills that you've neglected to concentrate on the patient. See, I don't, I don't even care who you are. I'm convinced that you think going to that seminar, listen, we have put people with microphones, okay? I've, inter- I, I, I've asked thousands of doctors questions. I said, I have a question. Has any patient ever asked for your license? And I have not one time ever even had a doctor say that a patient asked for their license, for God's sakes, let alone their is there continuing education up to speed? And do they have continuing education as if they care where you went? They don't care. They assume it. So what game are you playing? And what I'm saying to you is this, that the most difficult thing to do in business is to figure out how to duplicate yourself. And it's one of the big five. We call it clinical duplication. And it's simply the process and this leap that has to occur. Listen, I don't remember how many years ago I started coaching clients, but I remember I made a tactical decision. And I said, I think it is totally ridiculous to train a doctor only to go faster, okay? I do think you should go faster, I do think you should move quicker, okay? I do think work expands to fill the time, so if you're slow, you probably take forever. I, I agree with all that. 
But I made the decision. I was like, listen, there's no way I'm going to give in, in. I can't feel good about giving advice to make you be that doctor I described. Okay, I could do it. I could make you faster in three days. You could brag about being closed. But I'm sitting there going, fundamentally, this is the worst piece of advice you're ever going to get because you know what you're going to do? You're still going to get burned out. You're still going to get older. Uh, you got a young team who wants opportunity and you want to take two days a week off? What is wrong with you? I mean, that would be like saying, you know, here's what it'd be like if every business owner said, well, I've got to be in the business. Okay, there would be one Marriott hotel. There'd be one Hilton hotel. Uh, there'd be, right? I mean, there would no, be no scale. I mean, there's a Marriott hotel in every town. And, and, and you know what's cool? There's also a portrait of the Marriott's in all of those hotels. I guarantee you the Marriott's have not been to every hotel they own or that they have licensed because they scale it. And you know what? Sometimes you got a Marriott over there and a, and a Renaissance over here and they own both of them. They just have two different names. And I've always think, why can't I get a doctor to think like this? What is it that causes this? So I went to great lengths. I've hired clinical psychologists. I've done events on this. And, and it's funny. And, and the, a lot of the reason is because of fear. I mean, it's crazy. It's like, and, and I get it. So, but what game are you playing? So if you were to switch games, you said, Jay, I want to hire you. I want to play a different game. I want to get doctors to see patients. I want to have more freedom of time. Not a problem. But you got to make the decision. And it's as simple as saying, look, and again, look around the world. Are there other doctors providing similar services in close proximity to you? Yes. Well, then why can't they provide it in your building? See, that's the freaky nuance that's in your head. Well, I can tell you why, because you, because that scares you, that freaks you out, that makes you feel less important, that makes it less about you, ah, all kinds of things. You're worried that they're going to screw up the patient, da, 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 da. Oh, it'll expose all your control issues, it'll expose all your insecurities, it'll do a lot of things. But, but if you actually just say, well, hey, this is about the patient, man, and if the patients want to come in on Saturday... That doesn't mean you have to come in on Saturday. It doesn't mean you have to come in on Friday, but somebody else can come in on Friday. And again, I go back to what game are you playing? And, and the invitation is to say that in general, the game is way too small. And by the way, if you're following these people that have been working under these other, these models, God, it's terrible. It's like, where do you go to get the right advice? Listen, if you are following, so if in your town there's some doctor you went to and he has one practice and, you know, he, he's in a lease space, he's got four operatories and, and he works three days a week and you're like, this is what I want to do. You are not looking at the correct thing. That is not how you're going to thrive in this. And by the way, I don't think it's actually going to be how you're going to be happy. So understand this. I've taken literally thousands of doctors who were stuck in an office by themselves. I have coached them through the process. And, and I'm going to tell you, it's not easy, right? The first associate they hire, they're terrible. They're, they don't know what they're doing. They take advantage of them sometimes. They don't know how to train them. And then sometimes even the second one is like that. Man, but we get to the third or fourth, and the next thing you know, this guy's got five or six doctors, and we're off to the races. But it's like, why is it that when you play this weird game of thinking that you're a great doctor? Where, where do you get to be such a critic of yourself that you're such a nitpicker 
that you can't, you know, it's like a trap. It's like you can't even, your own standard, like no one is good enough but me. That is BS. And it's a trap. And so the person who plays the game of thinking small feeds their mind with the fact no other person, these patients will not want to. I mean, imagine the actual size of the ego. And these are the people who act like they don't have an ego. These same people who cannot get another doctor to treat patients inside the walls of their building literally think they have no ego. They're the most egocentrical people that exist. And they try to act humble. And then they'll literally say, well, the guy down the street, they'll make judgments and be like, well, they're just not as good as we are, you know. No, that's not true. They're way better than you. So, listen, do you need to change the game? Listen, you got to, you know, because I can tell you this. Here's the other thing. Selling your practice is not changing the game. It's a cop out. So when did all of a sudden we go like, I think I'll just cop out which is what it is. So how old are you? How much time you got? Seriously, it doesn't matter. You could pivot it. And by the way, you know what I also love is these people will go and they'll find everybody who says you can't, an associate won't be productive. If, if the only people have told you associates do not work, you need some new friends. See, because here's what you need to understand. If for a lot of people, if they hire an associate doesn't work, they will go around and tell everyone that will listen to them that they don't work. Instead of saying the truth that, hey, I'm completely incompetent. Hey, I tried it one time and it didn't work. Hey, I screwed it up and then I adjusted. See, it's ridiculous. So the purpose of this is to get you thinking, whoa, 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 what game are you playing? And by the way, you get on autopilot. See, I actually think you're more on autopilot than anything else, okay? Is the goal to is is the goal really to take care of the patient or is it for your convenience? Listen, you're going to be able to outspend your income. I can promise you. Parkinson's law says no matter what your income is, your expenses will rise to meet it. You will listen. Every doctor can outspend the amount of money they can generate themselves. So if you're taking on debts, if you're not paying down your debts, you got a problem already. I know this. There are doctors that have way too much debt. They get so comfortable with debt, they just always have debt. That's an under-earning doctor. And, and then they're running off to a seminar to learn how to do another technique that's only going to exacerbate the problem. See, listen, think about this. I actually think we can get better service at scale. Because if you really understand what the patient wants, listen, Amazon got it. Uh, you just want your crap delivered the next day. I mean, it's a miracle. Go on there, order it. I mean, I went to order something the other day and it was two days away. And I was like, ah, uh, I'll wait. <laughs> it, I mean, it's nuts. So the invitation is this. Do not, do not stay on autopilot. Okay. Assess who you're following. Really assess who you're following. It's kind of like my advice on money making. Don't ever take advice from people who make less than you. Never. Because what it'll probably do is decrease your income. Do not buy into any of the propaganda that says your only option is to sell your practice and go to work for somebody. I'm here to tell you that's not true. But what you got to decide is are you willing to put some time into a new game? 
And listen, don't be stupid. You know, if you say, well, I'll give it a month, that's what I mean by stupid. That's just stupid. You don't make a shift in a month. And I'm here to tell you that psychologically, the most difficult thing for a doctor... Now, listen, if you have associates, you've gotten through this, but go back and you remember this. I, am, I literally have watched this and studied this. And I am here to tell you that the single most difficult... I mean, you'd be shocked that there are some doctors who can't even get their front desk people to follow my course. Does that make sense? <laughs> I mean, literally, the only way it doesn't work is if you sabotage it, by the way. So when you think about, you know, if I was looking across the table from you and said, what are you doing? Where are you going? And by the way, we have a process. You can come in. You can call my office. We have a thing called a blueprint day. We'll sit you down. We'll look at your 10-year history, talk about where you're going in 10 years, and help you face this decision. But listen, you've got to change the game. you got to change the game. And the minute you change the game, you change what the outcome is going to be. And you got to change the people you're around. If you want to be around people who have other doctors working for them, then you got to start coming to my facilities, meeting people like that. But you don't go to a seminar to learn how to be more productive, for God's sakes. It's not, that's not the game you want to play. You don't go to a seminar to learn a new technique that the patient actually has never asked you to do. You know, I'd ask you this. When's the last time you went to learn a course on learning something that a patient actually asked you for? Never. Okay, so I want to be sensitive to time, so I'm going to let you roll, but let's... So if you say, I don't even know what you're talking about. I'm so confused. Then come spend a couple of days with me. Come spend a day with us. Let, us. let us map out your life right in front of you. Because what's interesting for a lot of doctors, and this is what you don't want to happen, is you don't want to go 10 years without a plan. And, and I'm telling you, I've met a lot of people come to me in their 60s, and they're like, ah, oh, I wish I would have met you when I was young. So if you're young, you are never too young to start doing things right. You are never too young. If you want to become wealthy in this, you got to start early. Or it, let's put it this way. It's a lot easier. And, and it doesn't mean if you're 55, 60, 65, it's too late. doesn't mean that at all. You guys got a lot of life in front of you. All right. So Culture Fest is a go, FYI. I wasn't with social distancing and everything. I wasn't sure if I was going to do it. It's a go. We got great speakers, Magic Johnson, Nita Cobain, Scott Rigby. We're going to be talking about the magic power of, you know, we're going to be talking about championship culture. Like, what does that feel like when you walk into a business that is really good, you know? And uh, that's that secret sauce, right? And that's when you talk about scaling a business, that's what you got to have in it. You got to have this culture. So imagine the fantasy of playing the game of creating a business that has an amazing culture, an amazing patient-centric experience and scale. The service is being delivered not just by you. Because again, if you're good, then you want to do more of it. Okay. We will talk to you soon. Have a fantastic day. Take care. Learn more about scaling your business and creating the most patient-centric referable practice in your town at www.siculturefest.com.